It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. This is your host, Adam Force. Today, we're going to be talking to Gabriella Geffen. Gabriella, I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Um, but Gabby uh, is what she goes by, and she is in business development. She's actually a business development expert at the Maharishi Institute and is also a member of the national task team responsible for developing entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship programs in South Africa. She works closely with award-winning social entrepreneur, Taddy Bletcher, who was on the cover of Change Creator Magazine as well. And they are doing incredible work to bring more access to education to students in South Africa. Um, and it's been a big success. And so we dive into this incredible story with Gabby and talk about some of the things that they're working on and the future, um, which we're calling the, the university of the future. So it's really exciting work. Um, they talk about how they're doing some of these things and, and where it's going. So we're going to tap into that in just a second. Um, if you guys haven't stopped by the App Store lately, you definitely should. We did release our events edition. It's called Events That Matter. We wanted to create a resource that you can rely on that would be ongoing. So we will be updating it, refreshing it, adding events, and we'll notify you and stuff like that. So it's as easy as just a thumbs reach away on your phone. You pop open the app, see what the next event is uh, that's coming this year that you might want to get to um, and connect with people. We have a a bunch of information in there about networking tips and also the details of each event so that you can register and see what makes sense. Um, so definitely check that out, guys. It is four weeks free if you're not a subscriber already. Um, we're on iTunes and Google Play. You can also grab some more details over at changecreator.com. Okay, so guys, we're going to jump into this conversation. Leave us a review for the magazine, for the podcast. We love hearing from you, and your support means the world to the ongoing progress of Change Creator. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Gabby, how you doing today? I, I really appreciate you jumping on the show. I'm excited. I'm so excited, too. Hi, Adam. It's great to be talking to you. Good, good, good. Yeah, um, you guys have so much cool stuff going on, and education um, to us is just so fundamentally important. And it's such a, an important space, you know, for any social entrepreneur anywhere in the world to consider um, as a as an area to become an expert in, because. It's, um, you know, to me, it's the driving force of, you know, if you want to help poverty, education is a huge solution to doing that. Do you want to help clean water? Education, you know, it's just such a fundamental thing. So I'd love to hear a little bit of background just so you can speak to the audience about 
you know, what you're doing. And I, I want to help define the problem that as you see it, right? Like how, based on what you're doing and how you define the problem, if you can just give a little bit of background and context for people, that would be really great. Okay, absolutely. So I live in South Africa and the problem in South Africa is that we have about 7 million people supporting a tax base of like 49 million people who are unemployed and who are um, living on social welfare grants. And a lot of this is due to the terrible legacy of apartheid um, and the terrible lack of opportunities and segregation. And even 20 years into democracy, um, because of you know, not having a government that's been equipped to really deal with the problems well, we found that our education system has even just got worse. So the reality, the, the result is that in South Africa, we have this enormous youth bulge of millions, I think 73% of youth in South Africa are unemployed. And the reason that they're unemployed is twofold. Um, firstly, um, due to fundamental lack of skills, um, due to failing on the part of the school system. And secondly, um, because, you know, even after the school, the school system, there aren't many opportunities for people who don't have the financial resources and who haven't had a good school education to further their education. So they land up, you know, working in very low paying jobs and there, it's not that there aren't opportunities out there because there are about 1 million jobs in South Africa that need to be filled, but these are skilled jobs. So the challenge really is how do you bridge the skills um, for necessary for these unemployed youth who can't afford to go to university um, and how do you create a sustainable model that will educate people basically out of poverty um, and put them into skilled jobs in the economy. Right. So, yeah, so I work at an organization um, that has developed really innovative ways to do this. And it's really the first of its kind, not only in South Africa, but, you know, actually in the world um, where we're, we're this completely free um, or virtually free uh uh, university um, where you know students pay 200 rand a month which is I don't know what's that in dollars it's like <laughs> 200 divided by 13 <laughs> so, uh, so not um, much <laughs> month um, and t really if I had to describe what the Maharishi Institute is it's this it's a free access self-funding university model because the reality is that you know free education it's never going to that money is always going to have to come from somewhere and we have a massive problem in South Africa at the moment where you know there's this massive movement fees must fall for the universities students are um, you know in a lot of under a lot of stress because they can't afford the fees for university and and governments that they're protesting so that government will make university completely free um but and even in the u.s i mean that the cost of university is just becoming so exorbitant that people are riddled with debt for the rest of their lives so 
there really is this need for free free education, but bearing in mind that that money will always have to come from somewhere. And whereas most com- countries, like the Scandinavian countries, like Denmark or um, you know Sweden, they'll have like a really equal society, and the government will be able to to support that free education. In many countries, the government can't pay. You know, the the, the government doesn't have that money. So then, what what do you what do you do to solve that problem? And that's where we have the free access yet self-funding models so essentially we've created this university model where we open our own businesses as a university and it's reimagining the university as a social enterprise and the students not only do they get an internationally recognized business degree through distance learning, like we also leverage a lot of technology um, to make it very cost efficient, but also um, they they work part-time for the entire duration of their degree, thus earning a stipend for themselves so that they're able to stay in school, making the university self-funding um, so that it can continue offering its services into perpetuity. And, um, you know, once they graduate, They've had minimum three years work experience. So that's also fulfilling a really fundamental need where employers today are saying, you know, we, we won't hire you because you don't have the experience, but then people never get the experience because employers won't hire them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's pause there because you, you unpacked a lot of stuff. Um, and I just want to start tapping into it a little bit here. So um, we talked about, you know, they have the lack of skills. It's kind of a conundrum, right? Because you don't have the skills, you don't have access to school to get the skills, but then to get a job and contribute to the economy and provide to your family, you kind of need this experience, which now you can't get, (laughs) right? So there's just a lot of disconnects in the way that this particular, you know, we'll call it the system is working, right? So in other words, it's not working. And um, I guess to your point, you said, you know, Scandinavia, some of these other countries, they're basically taxing the public um, at a higher rate in order to afford access to education. But these are the uh, richer and more developed areas, but they might have different problems in education, whether it's curriculum or in the U.S. we have high school debt and you come out with this crushing debt that you can't get off your back. Um, so there's a lot, I think there's a lot of um, areas for improvement um, in the education space. And then in South Africa and areas uh, alike, we have a very uh, a much more substantial problem that you guys are solving and you're creating this new approach that I want to unpack a little bit more. So I did your math and the 200 ran uh, turns into about 15 15 bucks a month. You said 200 divided by 13, so that's about $15 a month. Now you, your team, it's the Maharishi Institute, um, which I love, by the way, you have this holistic mindset about education, meaning, you know, it's mind, it's skills, it's everything all together. So, you know, I, I know the Maharishi Institute is popular for, you know, incorporating mindfulness exercises like meditation and things like that. Um, how did you guys, I guess, start addressing this? You, you started unfolding just a high-level review about what you're doing, but how did you start saying, okay, here's this model that we can approach to start giving people the opportunity and access to education that they deserve and need 
These are people that said that there's quotes all over the internet from the fees must fall, which they said, we want to contribute to the, to the economy. We want to get these skills that we just need the opportunity. How did you start serving and creating that opportunity? Do you know from the beginning how this, how this started? Absolutely. So like any great idea, it started in phases and it, it developed according to it developed according to the needs. So originally the person who started the Maharishi Institute, the founder's name is Dr. Taddy Bletcher, mm-hmm. an absolutely incredible social entrepreneur. And he was an actuary when he was 27 years old. He was about to immigrate to the States because like many people, he thought that, you know, there wasn't really a future for South Africa and he'd rather go to a developed country. Actually, I think he was going to Australia and he had packed his entire house up in boxes <laughs> and and um, he was ready to go. And the night, I think two weeks before he was about to leave, he tells the story that he sat, he lay in his bed under a house full of boxes and he just started weeping and he wept and he wept and he cried the entire night. And he just had this visionary moment where he was like, how can I leave when there is such a big problem? And I want to give back to this country. You know, I really want my legacy to be about just doing something that will help so many lives. And like my chance to help is right here, you know? So, so the next morning, he literally unpacked his entire house um, and packed all the boxes. And he said, right, I'm going to stay in South Africa and I'm going to make a difference. And education had really changed his entire family's life. So he had this enormous focus on education because he grew up in poverty and he saw how in just one generation, his family's absolute commitment to education, every single cent went into education, even though they were, they were lying on foam mattresses on the floor and like six boys in a room or six children in a room yet they were going to private schools Mm. because that's all the money was channeled into and he saw how in one generation his entire family came out of poverty and he just saw how possible it was so he 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 started going into the um, townships the very low income areas um, in uh, called Alexander Alexander Township in Johannesburg South Africa and he went into the township schools and for um, four years of his life he he um, actually taught meditation in the township schools, and that's where the holistic. And another thing was that his life was so deeply touched by learning transcendental meditation, and that's where it comes from. Um, the word name Maharishi comes from, um, and uh, you know he was failing all his subjects uh, at when he was doing actuarial science and he has, he learned to meditate and it was literally like his whole life turned around. He became the fastest qualifying actuary in the country. He just saw how this, this access to this, like this, this depth within you having a way to access that can completely bring out your full potential. So they wanted to do an experiment experiment in the township schools and they found that, you know, students students' uh, lives and their marks were improving so much because the reality is that if you're sitting in the classroom with massive trauma and psychological stress based on the very violent um, poverty-stricken upbringing that you're being uh, brought up in, Mm. you know, you have so much stress that you you can't focus on your algebra. What does algebra mean to you, you know? Well, right. So, 
so that's why this whole holistic method came about is if you, you know, unless you find a way to, to deal with that stress and to really tap into your potential, nothing is possible. So it's, it's really meditation is like the activity of waking people up inside so that their full potential can thrive. I love that. And it's so beautiful. And they were seeing amazing results in the schools. People were passing with like much better results. They did an entire, you know, scientific study. Um, and, and only to find that four years later, these kids had nowhere to go. Now they were graduating. They had no money for university. And all the, man- all the effort that he had spent four years doing, it amounted to, n- to nothing. And that's why this, he realized that, okay, if you really want to make a difference in education, um, it has to be, especially in South Africa or, you know, like developing countries in the world, it has to be about providing quality university education and that further step to people who wouldn't otherwise be able to to afford it and and also who would need a lot of bridging in their skills so so that's and then there's just one more element that I wanted to answer on that question it's um in terms of the self-funded the the self-funding model and uh there were actually two elements. So in terms of the self-funding, why there was a need to make it self-funding um, was because in the beginning it was all donation-based. But what happened was obviously all of that that endowment just ran out, you know, with a, with a previous university. So there was really this need to come up with a creative model that the money keeps recycling. Every cent is recycled. So every student who goes through the money pays it forward. And by the time they've graduated, they've paid back through their learn and earn and working while at university, they've paid back 50% of their bursary. And then they pay back the rest once we place them in jobs. And we have an almost 100% placement rate. And then they nominate someone from their community to go through the exact same process. So it's this every cent is recycled paid forward model Um, and then the students also earn a stipend because and this is the last thing that I'm going to touch on we found that you know even free university isn't enough because if you think of the opportunity cost of someone who has a family they have pressing needs they can't just sit in a classroom learning theory for four years (laughs) they um, yeah you know they're they're missing out on income for four years so there really is also this need that while they're studying they're also earning income to cover their costs. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. So this process is kind of a beautiful process. um, And it is, in my mind, a a really gigantic task that Taddy faced, you know, you sit up, you're like, how can I help? I believe in education. And so the model started with this experiment one to manage the stress, how do we start adopting a more holistic approach to manage lifestyles, especially the extreme lifestyles that were being um, lived in South Africa. And then how do we start creating access to education. And so the experiment, I guess, expanded to this donation model, which You know, Dr. Alistair Harris, he's an award-winning social entrepreneur as well. And he said the same thing when it comes to donations, nonprofits, is that the challenge is keeping the money and and having it become a reliable resource, um, right? And so using a different model, he did a for-profit and you guys moved over to this learn and earn. So the donations uh, didn't work for a long-term solution. You move over to the learn and earn model and now you're actually creating business opportunities, right? They work there. I'm just making sure I understand everything. Um, And now they're earning, they have money. They basically get a bursary, which pays for the education. 
and then they earn, they work for somebody, a company, and they earn a stipend, which is a small salary. This is now helping them pay and live. So now they can go to school, but still earn a livable wage to meet their needs. And then it also helps them pay off the bursary. Is that right? Exactly. And there are really two elements. So firstly, remember that our bursaries are very low cost because we leverage technology so much. You know, they do online lectures, we have facilitators, but it's really this this um, site-based distance learning where you have the personal interactions for the holistic human development and for, you know, just facilitators helping where they need to. But a lot of the learning is done online really where the world is is going um so so that's why firstly it's really low cost and very easily replicable and scalable mm. and then the second thing is we have two different models for their learn and earn so the first one is um, within the Maharishi Institute and the second one is with external employers. So we actually create our own businesses. We have a business called Invincible Outsourcing, which is a call center and BPO center. And we're starting a new company called Invincible IT, um, which is going to be um, an IT company um, at various levels of the value chain and with different specializations, basically offering outsource consulting services services. Um, and so the students, the, the, the most ideal option is for the students to work within these companies that the university has started and earn their living, gain experience, um, because then they're, you know, it, it's kind of disruptive if they're continuously going to external employers. It can work and it does work, but um, it's definitely preferable to create these businesses in-house. Um, and then we have the other model where we have um, amazing partnerships with companies like Accenture, for example, the global management consulting firm. Mm -hmm. And our students will um, half day study and the other half of the day they'll um, go work at Accenture. Okay. And, and now just so we're clear, when you say there's a, I think that this, the, the uh, tuition basically, that's the bursary, right? That is it's actually, I believe, based on the the RAND versus the U.S., it's it's like under ten thousand dollars or something like that. U.S. isn't it? Absolutely. So it's 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 less than two thousand dollars a year, and it's for um four to five years. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, four, five, four, five years because we do one-year foundation plus we do a bridging – I mean, one-year foundation, which is bridging, plus we do a four-year honors degree. But there are various exit levels. So students can leave with qualifications at the end of every year. Um, and our goal, because we now want to expand the, the model – all through South Africa, through Africa, and actually globally, and especially in a lot of countries in Africa and in, you know, we're looking at um, countries in Central America and South America, and in, and, and uh, we're looking at India as well. Um, we we, we want to get our costs down so low that eventually it will actually only be, be about $500 per student per year to study. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. And, and so where does the... The year now is that bursary just being paid through the work program, or is there an upfront pay, payment made by somebody else to cover it? 
Okay, so we have a lot of partners and um, see, everything happens gradually and as a process. So we didn't always have the learn and earn model. We first had the the non-profit model, donations-based model, then that donation-based model turned into a pay it forward where at least every cent was being recycled by the student. Right. So we still have upfront the donations. We have a lot of partners. They do their um, you know, corporate social responsibility and corporate social investment through us um, and then um, so that's where the upfront money comes back and then in terms of the recycling that money it comes from um, the learn and earn and the students paying it forward but um eventually the goal is to have the businesses so sustainable that you know we don't even need the donations that the the, the businesses are really paying for the university right okay yeah that makes sense um so I, I guess right now, can you start defining um, what the next steps are? I know you're working towards this vision of getting costs down and you're, you're doing the learn and earn model. You, you still have the donations. Um, so what's happening today? Uh, you guys have made a tremendous amount of progress and I think you have incredible success and results uh, with some of the data that you've shared with us. Um, so I'm just curious what some of the next steps are to keep this moving forward right now. Is there, is it still just going to be a focus in South Africa for Maharishi Institute or do you have in your next five years, um, a vision to expand beyond South Africa? Okay, it's a great question, and it's a, it's a very exciting time because really within the last two years, we've been seriously talking about and planning this expansion strategy. So we are absolutely looking to, exp to be in every province in South Africa, and um, we want to be in 15 countries throughout Africa and globally. And we're currently looking and engaging with partners, um, you know, partners to expand through South Africa, Africa and globally. And, um, you know, there's a lot of interest um, from partners and, and corporates um, are desperate to get involved in education that's really having an impact in a dynamic way. A lot of corporates that are, um, or big companies that are investing in education Education, there's a very scattered approach and no one really knows. They're just kind of trying to throw money at the problem and no one's really, yeah, no one's really investing in this targeted solution that has, you know, proven like proven success rates to take someone off the streets out of poverty into a high skilled, high earning paying job where they're now contributing to the economy. And let's talk about some of the stats um which are amazing with the Marishi Institute. Um so what's firstly, what's amazing is that 70% of our um, student intake, they don't even necessarily have a university pass, um, but we take them on and do so much bridging with them that every single one of our graduates is placed in top skilled jobs in the country. And um, another amazing stat is that, you know, in most universities, you have a throughput rate, at least in South Africa, of 25%. So um, only 25% of people who come into university actually graduate. And because our model is so holistic and so robust, um, after the first year, the foundation year, we have an 80% throughput rate um, of students that are guaranteed to be to graduate and then get placed into jobs. Um, these are graduates. We currently have 
educated um, over 17,000 unemployed youth. Um, these graduates are now earning over 1 billion rand um, in okay. just, let's just dollarize that. Yeah, <laughs> my that's incredible, right? So that's over their, their I guess, um, is that based on their lifetime value of work or is that based on the currently, based on the number of people working? Uh, yeah, these oh, yeah. graduates being wow. one grand. Yeah. Now they said seventeen thousand have been placed, and so that was through all these different iterations um, that you have tested. Whether it was donations, learn and earn, the, the, it's the full expanse of from start till now, right? Exactly. Um, and okay, great. And- and if you consider that our running costs of the institute are so low, they're like 24 million rand a year. And if you consider that our graduates are earning 1 billion rand every year, the, the return on investment is just incredible. Um, and, and our goal is really to educate 100,000 business leaders for Africa. But now our vision has even expanded beyond Africa. Um, but we estimate conservatively that just 1 billion... I mean, 100,000 um, people who go through our program, they'll bring conservatively one trillion rand back into the hands of the poor, um, wow. you know, throughout their lifetime. So the, the impact is just enormous. It really is. And I mean, I could see this working almost anywhere. I mean, whether you're, a, um, you know, a developing country or a developed country, you have different uh, issues, but I think the common denominator as an issue is access to education, whether you can't afford it and the university is very costly, whether you are living in South Africa and the opportunity is just not even there. So in the U.S., you have debt, but you also just I think there's a lot of people that are deterred from education just because of, of high cost and, and lack of access. Right. Do you agree with that? I do. And I think an important point to bring up here is there's a big move towards online courses and digital university. And that is such an important part. It is necessary, but it is not sufficient. And the the way I'm going to qualify that is, you know, there was research done by the World Economic Forum saying that everyone thinks that the university of the future is everyone just having their a tablet and really just directing their own learning. Um, uh, but this is ignoring that the, the most in-demand skills in the 21st century are the human-centered skills. It's not just about knowledge assimilation. It's about how you connect with people, team, teamwork, creativity, innovation, right. you know, problem solving, um, people management. You know, these are the things that robots can't do yet. So... Um, an education where you're just, you know, sitting on your laptop all day um, learning and learning information, it's not going to help you in the 21st century. And that's why um, our model is site-based distance learning. And that's really the way to go because you still need to have what makes the universities like Harvard and Oxford so desirable. It's, it's, it's not just the information and the quality of the education, but it's the networks that you make for the rest of your life. So that's why it's also so important to have these sites where you can invest in holistic human development and grow people, you know, where they can um, really develop their full potential and build these networks. 
or at a really low cost. Right. I love that. And I think it's a huge area that is lacking in all education. I know areas like Finland are more progressive with updating their curriculum to be more humanized. Um, but you have guys like Sir Ken Robinson. I still believe that the number one TED Talk of all time is his on education, which is, um, is our education system, you know, like taking out all the creativity, right? Something like that. I can't remember. Is school killing creativity or something like that? Um, and he, I don't, do you know Sir Ken Robinson? Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> He's one of the best presenters I've ever seen. I mean, the guy is incredible, but he brings up a lot of good points. And I think they align to what you're saying is like, are we actually developing people to work in a system of the past, which is this industrial revolution, or are we actually developing humans with human um, skills to network, to build relationships, to, you know, survive? Like there's a whole different area of creativity and innovation that seems to be lacking um, just based on old models. And to your point, there's a transition and there's this new um, need in the world that I think is just huge in the education space. So I, I love what you guys are doing. And not only just the model that you have to say, we're doing this learn and earn, we're creating access, all that is incredible. But then you tie in a line of thought, which is more holistic, it's mindful, and you have a area of attention on developing the person, right? Helping them manage stress, helping them enjoy their life. Like it's just, it's such a beautiful part of this equation that is missing in so many other areas of the world. Absolutely. And Teddy says something really great. He says, you know, we're not training um, humans to be robots. Robots are much better at being robots than humans will ever be. <laughs> and, you know, it's really about exactly it's training humans to be human. What makes us human and, and, and why? Why isn't our education system centered around that? And I just want to give you some research um, with the, the meditation and the transcendental meditation approach. Um, we did a study um, where we uh, there's a university in Johannes, a university in South Africa called the University of Johannesburg, um, UJM. And in the, at the beginning.